Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We've got a great show for all of you today. And the title of our show is, Is It Over? Is the 10-year housing boom finally turning into a housing bubble? And we're going to give you all the specific drill-down information, frankly, the resources that Julie and I use to know the actual trajectory of the housing market. And we're going to tell you um, not just where to go for the information, but also how to interpret it. So get ready to take notes. And this is a great uh, podcast. It'll be two different days obviously today and tomorrow, and for you to use for yourself, but also for any agents in your team, your brokerage, or share otherwise. But this really is truly the bottom line where you can go to get um, an actual health report on your housing market. Now, let me start out by saying this. A lot of people say there is no national housing market and you know everything's local, and that's definitely true. And it's important that you remember that, and, but actually know what it means. And I'll give you an example. There were, during, you know, Julie and I have been in this business uh, for 30 years, basically. And there were markets in the, in the United States during the absolute bottom of the housing crash, when things were the worst, when people were thinking that people would never buy houses again, people were just going to live in caves. And I mean, the real, uh, the, I, I would say the bad news about housing was just never ending, one day after the other, after the other. And yet, in the United States, there were still markets that were incredibly hot sellers markets. And I'll give you a really great example. I know who you're reading my yep. mind. Lance and Karen Kenmore, they're in this town called Kennewick, Washington. And I remember I was having this conversation with Lance and they're now, they've now become one of the, I think, most successful real estate uh, brokerages in the country. Just an absolute phenomenal couple and the team that they've got. Julie and I visited them last year when we were doing our U.S. tour. But in any event, the... Um, their market in particular. So I remember having this call with Lance and Lance was talking to me about, well, you know, I, you and Julie are saying this housing crash is coming. I definitely see how that could be true. But here in my market, we've got this thing called the Hanford Nuclear Power Plant. Mm -hmm. And they were doing some sort of cleanup or some go massive government contract that was going to last like decades. And they were bringing in employees and bringing in staff and bringing in high paid scientists and all the rest of it that were coming in to essentially, I think, dismantle this nuclear power plant. And he said, you're telling Telling me nationwide that there's a housing crash going on, that inventories are increasing and the prices are falling. But here in our market, the exact opposite is happening. Builders are fighting for land. There's multiple contracts. Houses are going for over asking. People are waiving inspections and appraisals and all the rest of it. So during the whole housing crash of 07, well, really 06, 07, 08, 09, his market took off while the rest of the country was going the complete opposite direction. That will be true in many markets across the United States to lestering degrees. But I do want to start out by saying, I'm being very clear that Julie and I do not think there's going to be a housing crash. We do not think there's going to be a precipitous drop in housing prices. But going back to my first point, in your market, there could be exceptions. Uh, you know, and I just gave you an example of a national um you know, Lance's versus the rest of the market. But let's look at, for example, in your own individual market, you could be in a market where, you know, everything stays a super hot seller's market, but yet inside that market, there might be little pockets where it's a really great buyer's market or the exact opposite could be true. So you've got to really know your MLS and Julie and I are going to be giving you guys drill down information on not just where to go for the content, the information, really what we call the best um, unbiased sources of information, but also how to interpret it. Now, but before I do, and before we get to our first point, I want to make a huge announcement. And this is something that Julie and I have been working on and all of our faculty and staff have been working on for over a year and a half. And this is a complete relaunch of our premier coaching program. You've heard us maybe uh, hinting that this was coming. Well, we're finally ready to announce it. Now, what we've done is we've taken our entire premier coaching program and we have uh, put it on a new uh, learning management system. We're including a lot more content. We've revised a lot of the content. We've gone through uh, just every single facet of it. This has been an all hands on deck uh, project that was only supposed to take six months. That's right. <laughs> that took 18 <laughs> months. But here's the best part of it. We're able to offer this uh, 
premier coaching program to all of you for the first 30 days for free. And this coaching program, in the first 30 days, you're going to be blown away by what you get. Uh, scripts, uh, I mean, you're the one that organized it. Let them know what they get in the first 30 days. Huh. Yes, well, uh, all the scripts you could possibly want for any market in any price range. Uh, we have mindset pieces. We have, of course, the scripts, pieces of uh, coaching about not just the pre-listing package, but how to use it. Massive action plans, 30-day uh, massive action plans. Of they have the treasure maps in there. All the, right. Yeah. And they also get uh, 20 semi-private coaching calls. We have You will be entitled for free for the first 30 days uh, to receive a daily semi-private coaching call. Every weekday of the week. Yes. Exactly. And you can obviously uh, join us on that semi-private coaching call on your phone or your desktop. Completely convenient. You can also just use your phone, by the way, just to access our uh, learning management system, which our old one wasn't very good on mobile, but now this new one is. So all of this is going to be immediately available to you for the first 30 days for free. And there's no strings attached, no obligation. There's no, like, if you don't like it after 30 days, you can easily cancel. It's just basically two clicks and you can cancel. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to email anybody, nothing. If you don't like it, you can cancel. But all of you obviously are going to love it. And so here's what we're doing. This is the first day we're announcing it. And I expect there to be lots of challenges <laughs> with the results from announcing it to tens of thousands of people. Yep. But we're going to work our way through it. We Thinks we think we've tested the system and it can handle high volume of uh, new enrollments. Text the word Harris, H, our last name, Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 47372. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 47372. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link. And with that link, you're going to immediately enroll. Um, now, I'm not sure. Again, uh, we're going to probably have a lot of challenges with onboarding so many new agent members, but that's okay. Just remember you're at the leading edge of what's going to be the coaching program that's going to make it so you thrive because of this market. Coaching and training um, and what we're offering is designed for a market like this. What we are, oh, by the way, the coaching program also includes marketing information, proactive lead generation ideas, passive lead generation ideas, our pre-listing pack. We're holding nothing back. Listing presentation, buyer presentation, how to get your buyers in contract easier, negotiating, all of these things. We talked about a lot on the podcast from 30,000 feet, like visual accountability, how to set up your whiteboards, all of the plans. There is no excuse to go through this changing market by yourself. One of the best things I feel, because you know I talk to the coaches all the time, is your access to our highly trained, very active, experienced coaches. If you run into you know an issue and you have a question, whether that's time management or whether it's how to get somebody in contract, you can go to that semi-private uh, Facebook Live call any day of the week and get help immediately. And just to make this clear to you, so you're absolutely positively clear. Yes, you can join today. And yes, it costs you nothing. And yes, you have full access to the full suite of product for 30 days. So absolutely positively text the word Harris, our last name, Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372. And when you do, we'll text you back a link. You have to uh, say yes. I want the access to the coaching program. That's because you're, we're doing an SMS. Once you say that, then we're going to text you back the link and you can directly join. This link is not on our website. It's only available to podcast listeners who text the word Harris to 47372. So please do that urgently, guys. And uh, yeah, we are so excited about finally being able finally. to offer this. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's been a huge amount of work. Yes, for everyone, really. For everyone, all of our faculty and staff, we've had like four designers that we're working on all this. Just a huge commitment. Well, that's right. And it's not going to be static either. We're going to be adding things all the time so that you will have access to that virtually daily. So pay attention to what's going on. That's right. All right. So we are getting to our uh, topic today. And the topic again is how do you know what the actual trajectory, what's actually going to happen in your market next? And this is these are the same resources that Julie and I use when we're doing our jobs as your real estate coaches and your podcast presenters. That's right. So what are the leading indicators that will give you real and unbiased housing market information? Here's your homework, and we're going to show you how to do it. Do your own research and do it daily. Use the following tools to track specific things occurring in your particular market. Why daily? Because you'll detect early warning signs and trends and be less likely to believe the drama in the headlines. You'll have more knowledge and confidence. I get that that my tracking is daily coaching calls with all of our coaching clients, well, but, Julie, but I, we also use all of these resources. Well, you have your coaching clients actually use these resources yes. and they give you reports 
on what's actually happening on in their markets. Call. And then we also have our coaches who are yep. working directly with our premier coaching members mm -hmm. also asking their uh, you know interfaces with their clients to do the same thing. But again, I want you guys to be very clear, and, and Julie just read it to you, but it's so important. When you're reading real estate headlines, it, it, especially news headlines, especially anything on housing, MSNBC, Fox, CNBC, uh, you know, does not matter what their source is. They're using old data and the market is changing really quickly. And so old data is basically irrelevant. You need to be focusing on the market that is becoming what the new housing market is, not what was. Stop looking in the rearview mirror and start using these indicators, uh, these sources to know what the direction the market is going. So Julie, tools yes. and resources they can use. Yes, so you'll wanna take notes on this. If you're not using all of these all the time, you're missing what's happening in your market. So tools and resources to use for this. Of course, your daily MLS hot sheet, that's usually emailed to all of you. If not, you sign up for it. Don't vamp on these too much because it will no, step I, on some of our points. Okay. Yeah, so this, these are just the things that we are uh, re referencing, and now we're going to tell you yep. in a second how to actually use these. Number two, the marker reports from your board of realtors generates monthly. But again, most of the boards of realtors are going to be reporting historical data. So you know that's the reason you go back to your that's MLS right. hot sheet. That's absolutely critical. Next one, Julie. Local housing reports. Your own day-to-day -day experience with showings and negotiating, both from the buyer and seller standpoint. This podcast, of course, will keep you up to date. Premier Coaching, we just mentioned, and top listing agents, because those listing agents have a variety of listings. They're, they're watching showings and activity and offers, so make sure you're friends with them if you're not one of them even if you are. Okay, so here's a mindset tip. Go ahead, Tim. Well, no, I was just saying, this is basically what we're saying is, again, be very careful. Our mindset tip is the above information sources were forward-looking leading indicators. The news headlines are outdated information that's usually 60 to 90 days. And I think I mentioned this too. A lot of the headlines that you're gonna be reading, oh, I know I'm stepping on a future point, but I'll just repeat it up there. A lot of the future, uh, a lot of the headlines that you're be, are going to be reading, they're designed to be attention-grabbing clickbait articles. And a lot of them, what they say in the headline and actually what the content of the article is, they're not yeah. the same. They so they're match. Right. And so what a lot of these copywriters are doing, and this is especially true at the major media outlets, is they will change the subject lines or the titles of the articles throughout the day. And ultimately, the one that sounds the juiciest, that sounds the most salacious, the scariest, is going to get the most clicks. But here's what they also know. 99.9% .9 of everyone does not read past the first, the, the title of the article and maybe the first line. Now I'm going to give you guys proof of this. How frequently do you read articles on a website where it'll give you the salacious headline and then they'll summarize what the article is about in uh, two or three points. In other words, they're going to tell you what to think. Most people don't read past that. Why is that important that you understand that? Because virtu you have to assume that in a market, uh, in a, an economy, and a political, you know, all these things that are happening, virtually everybody has an agenda. And they have an overt agenda that they're trying to make covert. In other words, they're going to have, for example, a lot of the things I'm reading nowadays, which I think are uh, just amazing, is the government doesn't want to take blame at all for the inflation, right? Okay, well, I'm, we're yeah. not going to be political and talk about whether or not that's the government's fault or, you know, anything else. Whereas the flip side to it is, uh, let's say the more market-driven people are obviously blaming the government, and now they're now noticing the government is trying to blame the market, you know, businesses and whatnot. So all this back and forth, mm -hmm. if you're believing that, for example, the cost of the the prices of things are going up because of greedy business owners, you guys notice that that's a lot of the the uh, the stuff that's coming out of Washington. Be greedy business owners are taking advantage of poor consumers and raising prices on bread and eggs and the rest of it. That is that should be to all of you since you're business owners, um, you know, counterintuitive because why would somebody who is wanting to be competitive in a marketplace raise their prices uh, and thus making it so they're less competitive, right? The only reason that a anybody making anything raises their prices is because they have to, or frankly, because maybe they have a bit of a monopoly on what they're selling, but that isn't the case nowadays. So when you see prices going up in say one category, let's say, maybe your cable internet provider, and maybe they don't they don't have very good, and you, maybe there's two or three competitors and they're all raising their prices together, but prices on nothing else in your world are increasing, well, you might be able to you know carve out and saying that cable internet provider is perhaps being a little bit uh, opportunistic. Okay, as there is their prerogative, but if you see prices going up on everything, 
<laughs> you know, every possible thing you spend money on, well, that clearly is something else. And yet you're seeing the government come out and saying the reason prices are going up is because of greedy business owners. And you know, this should not make any sense to you, but it's all politicized. So if you're reading an article and the article is saying the reason the gas prices are going up or the reason that this is going up or that is going up is not because of inflation or something the government created through essentially creating, you know, $10 trillion of new debt since the, you know, past 18 months. No, 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 no. Don't, don't look at that. Let's focus on the fact that these business businesses are raising prices. Now, the flip side can be said as well. You know, so you guys got to be balancing out what you're listening to, what you're reading and what you're believing because everything is being politicized. There, it's very, very difficult if not impossible to get unbiased information. Julie and I have our biases too, as much as we try not to. It, you know, obviously everyone does. Everyone has their sets of beliefs. So your job is to gather information from both sides, uh, essentially read past the headline and the bullet points that they're wanting you to walk, you know, wanting you to believe and be your own best quote unquote expert. So what we're going to go through now is we're going to tell you exactly what we pay attention to, what we want you guys to pay attention to, and then not just to, okay, I know what the inventory of homes is, but we're now going to help you to, point number one, decipher how to predict, uh, I think, at a, with a high level of certainty, what direction the market's actually going. And we've got, I think we've got 12 points. Yes, that's right. And we'll also show you how these points that you're going to be watching are interconnected and affect each other. So point number one, I think is one of the most important ones, and that's simply inventory. This is the number of homes which are for sale currently, not the pendings, not the temporarily off the market, just the actives. Is that number going up or going down? And by how much? Can you see a trend or is it staying about the same? Is there a certain price range or zip code that seems to be changing or is the whole market trending together? You're only going to know those trends if you're watching this daily. And also different price points. Julie just mentioned that. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing this, what uh, what we coach all of our clients to do and coaching many of you to do because you're about to become clients because you're going to text the word Harris to 47372 is we're going to ask you to go learn how to actually use the MLS. Many of you who've been in the market uh, in the real estate business only in really the past 14 years, you have never learned how to really use the MLS data. The MLS data is pretty phenomenal. And if you know how to get into it, and sometimes it takes, uh, when you're setting up your own hot sheet, what we, again, coach all of our clients to do is we want them to set up uh, leading market information reports that come from all different price ranges in, uh, and areas in their particular market. Now, if you live in LA County, that's obviously massive, so it's gonna be harder to do. But in most of the country, I want you to look at, for example, if you're in Miami, look to see what, uh, pick out the the uh, stats from a you know, handful of buildings, four, four to six buildings, the handful of single family homes and say the 500 to a million price range and then million to 2 million. And then have this hot sheet print out for you every single day. It will give you all the statistical information on what the actual trajectory is of the market in real time. That way you're not, you know, looking yeah. in your rearview mirror, hoping that what happened in the past is going to happen in the future. Because in a time like this, we're experiencing inflation and all these other types of things. The rules that applied in the past history uh, does repeat itself, but sometimes it's, it repeats itself at different octaves. And that's what we're going to be experiencing now. That's right. And so I'm thinking about some of our Florida clients that do sell condo buildings. You're going to see from your hot sheet, why is it that certain buildings are, are taking longer to sell, right? So maybe you've got a ton of inventory in this building, but the other building next to it is really hot. Typically that happens when the HOA passes a new anti-rental rule yep. and the investors all get out at the same time. They're like, I'm not doing that. We're not going to make any money. So it all goes on the market. The prices come down. Now, that doesn't mean that that entire street of condos is going to act the same way. You're going to be able to tell from your hot sheet what's hot and what's not. Well, I'll give you an even an interesting yeah. example. So uh, on a coaching call with one of our higher end agents, and he was going after a listing. I don't remember the price range between 10 and 20 million. It was an expiring listing, mm -hmm. uh, expired listing from a very, uh, you know, well-known Dolly Lentz was, it was expiring on her. This listing in particular was in a building that was notorious for having a bunch of, get it, wait for it, Russian mm -hmm. uh, buyers. Yeah. that have never been in the units. Mm -hmm. So this building in particular where this expiring was expired was happening 
was a building that was densely populated with people who were Russian who bought in the building, obviously, as an investment, a place to put their cash. And now, because of what's happening, is uh, a lot of these Russians are wanting to sell their units prior, before, or rather, I should say, out of fear of having the actual apartment. Well, the or, asset seized, potentially. Exactly. And so, yeah. that, and so they're all selling at once. Now, to your point, mm-hmm. if you're comparing building A to building B. And you it, didn't know that. You didn't know that, right. You might be freaking out. You might just look at that and say, oh my gosh, there's tons of inventory. And maybe you're looking at condos in a certain part of Manhattan and you're looking for buildings or units that are, say, 10 million to 20 million. And you look at, and somebody churns out this, you know, salacious report, Manhattan condo or, you know, apartments from 10 to 20 million inventory increases by 40%, prices expected yeah. to fall, drama, drama, drama. And all you read is a headline, but what you're not getting into it, it, what you're not realizing is they're referring to a couple of buildings where it totally makes sense why that's happening. And it has really nothing to do with the overall health of the market. It just has to do with some people that are wanting to liquidate their assets fast. That's right. And obviously that would affect your comparative market analysis if you're going on a listing appointment, right? It also would affect you if you're on the buyer side trying to counsel your buyer what's a reasonable price to offer. So the mindset tip here is to trust but verify. Oftentimes an article will have that attention grabbing headline, but the actual content will not be about that. So be careful what you're believing, trust but verify. Okay, so we talked about inventory. Point number two is related to inventory, days on the market or DOM. Are they going up, down, or staying basically the same? Does it depend on the price range? What's the relationship between the number of homes on the market, that's your inventory, and the days on the market? When there are more homes available, do the days on the market stay the same? That would mean that the inventory is instantly being absorbed. Or does it take, you know, 100 more listings to hit before the days on the market go up? Are the days on the market going down in spite of more inventory? Different markets act in different ways. Now, the trick of understanding how to use this is the days on the market is going to be spit out from your hot sheet. You're going to have to then track it day over day over day. So you're going to actually probably manually have to write down to see what the days in the market are. Remember, we're strongly suggesting that you take, do little uh, essentially elaborate CMAs using your hot sheet from your MLS in different market segments and different price ranges. That way you have an overall perspective on what's going on in your housing market. And you're not essentially, you might be in one of these super hot markets and you're assuming everything else is, or you might be in a market that's leveling off and you're assuming everything else is. You've got to educate yourself. Remember, become your own expert. That's right. So Days on the market also, when you're doing a CMA for a seller and you're looking at your comps, you go back 90 days, I want you to compare what were the days on the market 90 days ago for those solds? What were they 60 days ago? And what about your most recent solds? That's going to show you, are things getting hotter or are they getting slower? So if today's comps are longer days on the market than 90 days ago, that may indicate that you're maybe not going to sell it this weekend. Maybe it's three weekends from now. So next is showings. That's point number three. There are systems that track the number of showings. Get the data from those data sources. If you or your office has a lot of listings, you can start there. So are the showings going up or going down? Are your open houses still super busy or has traffic slowed? Showings are one of the easiest ways to monitor what's going on in the market. Well, one of the, this is, you know, when Julie and I sold real estate, we sold, you know, for 10 years between 100 and 200 homes a year. And our first year in the business, we're, you know, it's kind of a great bragging point, I suppose. But we sold over 100 houses when our, we're in our early 20s. For those of you who are just discovering us for the first time, we've been there, done that in all different market conditions. So that's one of the things we would do. We would walk into the office and we were Remax agents at the time. And we would ask, usually on a Thursday, we would ask how many showings were scheduled because there was someone who would manually do it at our office. We'd ask how many showings were scheduled, not just on our listings, but all the listings in our office. And we had some great agents in our office. Mm-hmm. So once they, we would see we could look to see because when there was a showing schedule, this was before, <laughs> this was before there were you know things like showing time and all these other services. Those those types of companies were just starting to emerge. But this was back when it was manual. You know, uh, an agent would call our office and talk to Bob, and Bob then would call the seller and get permission from the sellers for the agent to show the house at a particular time. That went on a showing slip, and that showing slip went into the agent's mailbox. And so what we would do is we would just look to see how many showings were scheduled going into the weekend. Not, again, not just on our listings, but in all the agents' listings in our office. And that would be a killer way for us to know what the trajectory of the market is. If we saw that there were a ton of showings scheduled, but not on our listings, well, we probably have a price condition location problem. But if we saw that there were 
you know, obviously a no showings happening and there were no showings ha on happening on our listings, well, then we'd know it's probably something that was happening that was a forward-looking indicator of the market that was going to come. And we paid constant attention to this. Now, the next point, Julie, I added this one to your that. notes, but I think it's also interesting. Okay, so point number four, showings on new listings. The number of showings in the first seven days, two weeks, and 30 days, assuming the house hasn't gone in contract or closed. This information is critical because you're going to learn about the number of new buyers entering into the market and you'll know like immediately entering. So let's say you have a listing and you get 10 showings right away, but no offers. And then you go through the second weekend, seven days later, and you've only got like three showings and still no offers. And then it's quiet. That means there's no new buyers looking in that market for that type of house. So now let, you're in trouble. Let me give you guys a for example so you can make this practical. And I'll just use Julie and I as an example. So Julie and I would have, for example, in a particular area, New Albany Country Club, we'd have, say, six listings. And these, list, these listings would all be uh, appealing to the same type of buyer. Just making all this up. But four bedroom, two and a half bath. They were all priced between, say, 550 and you know say 650 or some range that buyers would normally be looking in and they would all be natural competitors to each other so what we would do is we'd notice that indeed the same agents were showing the same buyers agents were showing uh, to their same buyers we assume all of those listings we get like six showings on all of our listings are all competing now what we'd notice is over time if we didn't get an offer really within the first two weeks we would notice that in uh, the number of showings dramatically drops off and again this is stuff that happens in a really changing market when it's shifting into a buyer's market which we're not experiencing in the country right now but i'm just giving a foreshadowing what might be coming to a market near you but then what would happen is there would be an almost like another batch of buyers that would get into the marketplace and then you'd start seeing those dominant buyers agents starting to set up showings again but one of the things that's important to understand, and again, many of you, I'm going to guess 99.9% .9 of you, have never experienced a real market where there's a balance of supply and demand. No. You've never, you have no idea what that's like. Well, when that starts to happen, you have to be that much more skilled with pricing, with getting condition, uh, you know, uh, hopefully to um, complement the pricing to maybe offset a bad location, all these types of things you have to put into the hopper. But again, watch what the new, the activity is on the new showings. Because generally speaking, if you don't have a written verified offer with on a property in a market like this, within 10 showings or really about seven days, you're going to have a problem. You probably have a pricing condition or location problem that's going to need to be addressed. Because after a listing has been on the market, in a market like this for more than maybe two or three weeks, you're going to stop getting showings because the agents are going to start believing, the market's going to stop start believing that there's some sort of sub, uh, you know, subjective reason why that property hasn't sold. And the agents just stop showing it. So the same agents, generally speaking, again, you're going to see buyer as a listing agent, you'll see, you'll quickly know who the dominant buyer's agents are. And usually they're the other listing agents because they're getting buyers from their sign calls yep. as we coach you guys to do. And you'll see these other dominant listing agents are the ones or their staff is showing your, your properties over and over again. Well, you know, that's another great source. You And uh, this is a compliment to point number four. You can call those buyer's agents and you can ask them and this is feedback, which again, you guys don't even know what that word means. But you know, they haven't had to give any. You, you call the buyer's agents and you ask them directly, why didn't you guys write on the property? What is it that your buyer did like? Did, you know, all the rest of it. Again, this is something that you guys will have to learn how to do as the market starts to adjust. Is start to get real proactive information like that, so you can help position the house in the market so that it sells for the most amount of money in the least amount of time. But again, showing activity that is. For those of you from the Midwest, you'll understand this. Mm -hmm. The canary in the coal mine, right? So if you're from coal mining country, which our grandparents were all involved in that, you will understand what that means. The canary in the coal mine ultimately is the showing activity. That is the leading edge of the leading edge of what's going to happen next. That's so funny. You mentioned some of these things that, that happen in a different kind of market that is like speaking a different language to totally. most of our listeners. Do you remember when listing agents used to call buyer's agents before the, listing agents would call the buyer agent before the showing to pre-sell the property? Right. Your buyers we are going to love this. This is why A, B, C, and D. I mean, how many of you guys have ever done that in oh, this market? Okay. Well, this is a blast from not such a distant past, which some of you who have been with us for a long time, you'll remember this. And this is something that we are ready 
ready to coach you guys to do again. Um, we helped create this philosophy. How about this, guys? A listing agent, a li normally a buyer's agent writes the offer, representing the buyer trying to win the listing. Well, in a market like many markets uh, around the country you might be entering into, you're gonna have listing agents that are going to write the uh, an offer to a buyer to buy. In other words, you're not going to, as a listing agent, wait around for the buyer's agent to convince the buyer to buy. You're gonna write the buyer an offer an offer to sell opposed to waiting from an offer from the buyer's agent from an offer to buy. Believe it or not, I used that on a coaching call last week. I believe it. Yeah. And remember when I told you a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe this is the edge of something. Yep. Yep. It's because of calls like that, which I probably have not talked about that strategy in 14 years. At least 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so. but why would you do that? As a listing agent, you're going to see a lot of inexperienced buyer's agents. Yes. You're going to see that inexperienced buyer's agent showing that property to that same buyer two and three times. Well, you have an agent skill set issue. So the agent, the buyer's agent, God bless them, does not know how to actually write a contract or actually do their job in helping that buyer write a house. Yeah, they're not off closing the front. them. They're not, well, closing them is too harsh of a term because yeah. really that's you true. don't sell real estate. The real estate yeah. sells itself. Just true. That's definitely true. Um, but the moral yeah. of the story is as a listing agent, you're then going to have to submit to the buyer mm -hmm. an offer to, to buy opposed to, you know, the opposite direction because that buyer's agent doesn't have the skill set necessarily to get the job done. You guys get it? Well, and that was the exact scenario. This was after not one, not two, but three showings. So if you go through three showings, obviously the buyer is interested, right? So what questions do you still have, which we need to answer for you, which would create a contract? If that doesn't get them to write, then you, it is okay. And some boards actually have sellers offer to buyer pre-written board approved contracts. It's just nobody's had to use them for a while, so they don't know to look for it. So yes, always see if there's a, an existing contract before you write your own. Some places you're not allowed to do that. But the point is that your skill set has to change with the changing market. So here's also a little quick mindset tip. More than ever, now is the time to be media free. Be really careful not to be sucked into negative vortexes of the news. If you find yourself reading an article or consuming content that makes you feel pessimistic or depressed, know that you are being manipulated. And our coaching clients often will come and say, hey, you know what, I saw this headline, what does this even mean? Should I be worried about this? And this is part of what we do in coaching is we dispel some of those myths. We always go to facts like what we're teaching you now. Well, I told this so. story and this is, I think, a really good thing to re 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 you know, mm -hmm. repeat. It was maybe, it was this year, I think, that there was, I, it doesn't matter when, and there was this video floating around and we had coaching uh, clients that were worried about this doom and gloom video that was made really, really well about how there's a real, real estate apocalypse that I was coming. It. And, you know, it was in black and white and some voice was talking like this and how people are on. You guys have seen this crap before. All right. So this video was floating around. Agents were uh, freaking out about it. And not all of them, some of them. And they're asking Julie and I, what the heck is going on? You guys talk about this in your podcast. All right. So here's what I did. I took said video and I, I uh, dropped the URL into... Um, uh, I think it's, there's different websites you can go to where you can find out who owns the website, how old the website address is, um, all that stuff. And, you know, generally speaking, when I do this, what I'll find, especially these yahoos that are coming out of the woodwork, they're trying to sell you guys lists of REO companies and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I always search the age of the URL and they just made the website like two days ago. And what's going to happen is they're going to sell some agents into whatever product that they're selling and then they're going to cancel the URL and it's going to be gone. That happens all the time, especially in changing markets like this. You know, they'll, anyway, so let's get back to this doom and gloom video. I went and watched the video, then I went and um, caught a whole bunch of BS that was in this video. I then researched what the age of the URL, who owns the URL. I found out the URL was owned by this other company. Well, I thought that was interesting. So then I researched the other company, and then I found out what that other company actually was trying to sell. Because the doom and gloom video was designed to scare you, and designed, uh, designed to scare you by somebody who was, guess what, selling prepper items prepper items, which have a place in our lives. I'm not saying that they don't, but you're talking about barrels of food and water storage and iodine tablets and, you know, all that stuff. That is what they were doing. So what they were doing is they're running this video on social. And if you reacted to the video by clicking on it or whatever, then they were knew that you were susceptible to their hype. And then they were going to start trying to sell you uh, prepper items. Again, I'm not commenting good or bad on their marketing, but that's what was actually going on. Well, so that was what was really going on. Right. Is what you're trying to translate. So that took a lot of research on your part. And you did that for the benefit of our listeners and our coaching clients. But if you guys are media free, you won't be sucked into those negative vortex. 
taxes. So Eight, just avoid it altogether. Even the smartest, um, I think most objective, thoughtful person can be easily manipulated through emotions um, with what's going on. Sure, because right I, re- I remember that video and I remember there were these were not just like random people that were typically susceptible, but these were like, you know, a couple of friends of ours and coaches and longtime coaching clients. You know, it, it's OK. It's not OK to believe it all. It's OK to come to us with that question. Why are people more susceptible than that? to that sort of thing right now more than ever. The reason is, is because everything else is in that same uh, frequency right now. Everything is the inflation and politics and, you know, fear, fear, fear. Uh, there, everything, when everything is, the, everywhere you turn, uh, and let's assume that everyone you know is being manipulated into believing and uh, you know things are this way or that way, right? So they're not actually taking the time to be objective about getting their information. They're just believing the hype. So let's just assume that's true. Now, if you do not have really good filters in place, you're going to be susceptible to that as well. So what happens is if you watch a doom and gloom video or read a doom and gloom article or listen to some jackhole that's trying to tell you doom and gloom stuff, then what happens is unless you took the time to say, how do I feel right now? Is this source of information making me feel optimistic, powerful, confident? Is it going to give me the type of information that's going to put me in a position where I can help people, where I can actually be of service to others, where I can make money for myself as a result? Or is this information making me feel fearful where all I want to do is hang out underneath my uh, you know, staircase and waiting for the clouds to clear? 99.9% of all the information that's out there is not going to result in you becoming the best version of yourself. So fact is, guys, you just ought to purge it all. Just stop listening to the media because it is all garbage. That's right. We actually did a podcast about that called The Four Filters. Is it true? Is it absolutely true? Who am I because I'm believing this crap? And who would I believe if I stopped believing it? Exactly. So, all right, point number five. These are the things that are real in your market so that you don't have to listen to the media. This is your own market and your own facts. Point number five the number of offers on properties. Are there still 10 plus offers on each available home? Or are you the only one bidding? And I've seen more of this being posted online that, oh my gosh, I got my FHA buyer in contract, uh, for example. So this can depend on the price range as well. So don't assume that all facts apply to every neighborhood, but what's happening with the number of offers. If you don't know, ask the agents in your office or your broker who have lots of listings, what are they experiencing and in which price range? I do that on coaching calls all the time when agents say, oh my gosh, I got 40 offers. Well, tell me about the house. And then the next one they say, well, I finally sold house ABC. Well, tell me about that house. They are not the same. So monitor the number of offers on properties. And guys, more than ever now, it's important that you focus all your best energies every day on becoming powerful listing agents. And that is the heart and the the soul of what we always coach the agents to do. Yes, we teach you guys how to work with buyers and build your teams and even do marketing, advertising, and branding. That is all part of Premier Coaching. But the real focus of our Our real estate business, our real estate uh, coaching business has always been teaching agents how to be listing agents. And here's why. It should be very obvious to you because if you're a listing agent, you actually have a business. You have something that produces consistent cash flow. You have something that's duplicatable. You have something that doesn't require you to work nights and weekends. You have a business that is an actual business. Whereas if you're a buyer's agent, you don't really have any sort of uh, consistent anything because of all the ebbs and flows that happens when people are in a heightened emotional state like right now what's happening. You're going to have a lot of buyers that are going to take themselves out of the market because they're worried about interest rates. A lot of buyers are taking themselves out of the market just because they're fearful, especially with what is going on right now with inflation. Whereas if you have sellers and listings are the very definition of consistent cash flow, sellers who absolutely positively have to sell, if you have five of those, 10 of those, those are pretty much guaranteed paychecks. Whereas a buyer is pretty much, frankly, at this point, a roll, uh, you know, rolling the dice. Focus, you look, you have to work with buyers. You do definitely want to pick up some great buyers along the way. Great buyers. Oh, that's the podcast we want. I need you to write yes. next. Okay. The buyer rules. Yep. So great buyers are always wonderful to work with. Don't work with, as you become a more successful listing agent, we always coach our top agents to work with no more than two or three great buyers because at the end of the day, we want you focusing all your best energies on working with sellers. Working with sellers, no matter what happens in the market, no matter what happens with inventory, interest rates, or anything else, if you're a powerful listing agent, you'll be right as rain. If you're a powerful listing agent, you're going to have unbelievably good profit margins in your business. If you're a powerful listing agent, when you're a powerful listing agent, 
you are going to actually be able to build your business uh, at hyper speeds because of this market. Whereas frankly, before age or sellers were not that careful about who they listed the house with because they knew the house was going to sell itself with competing offers. Now, because they're fearful that that's not going to happen, they're becoming very, very careful who they list with. So the branding and the marketing and the all these, you know, the fakery that's been out there in the marketplace for the last really 14 years, that's all going to wash out and be replaced with agents that have actual skill sets. Don't you intuitively know what I'm saying is true? I mean, think about this. If you had to choose, <laughs> Julie just had some dental work done, right? If you had to choose in uh, a dentist and someone to do great dental work, are you going to basically hire someone based on their TikTok videos or based <laughs> on their social presence? No, you're actually going to choose somebody who A, you know, who's done a great job for you in the past, or B, is a referral from a trusted friend or advisor. And statistically, if you're not falling into one of those buckets, especially in a market like this, you're not going to be making any money because people aren't going to be focusing on using you. The whole era, this trend of fakery, and that's really what it is in this last mindset point, Julie, I think is really summarizing. We'll do number six. Yeah. And then Julie's going to give you a mindset point. This whole era of fakery is going to be seen for what it is. Fake experts, fake influencers, people, you know, all this stuff is washing out of the market right now. And those who have the mindset to get the skill set or those who have the skill set are going to start dominating. Point number six. Point number six, watch your builder inventory. Are the builders starting to advertise again? I'm already seeing that in many different markets. Do they have inventory homes that aren't in contract? Those are otherwise known as spec homes, which are available now to either buy or complete the build. So builder inventory, I'll give you three examples from different parts of the country. San Antonio, Texas has tons of builder inventory between 350 and 450,000. You can absolutely buy there a beautiful new home in that price range, three or four bedrooms. San Antonio okay. is awesome. It is. And it's a beautiful. And uh, I think that's Lennar there. If you're listening from San Antonio, I just sent a coaching client their list. Okay. So uh, Ankeny, Iowa, we have lots of coaching clients there. They have tons of new inventory as well. And Albuquerque, New Mexico is also dripping with builder inventory. And those are all three very different markets that if you have a buyer in that price range, that'd be the first thing I would show them. Oh, yeah. And I'd also, you know, work with the builder on the listing side of things because they do have uh, homes in inventory. But if you have been in a market where, yes, there's new construction, but the builders have had a waiting list or they have stopped paying buyer side commissions, well, that's, that's an indication that it's been really hot because they haven't had much to sell. When you start to see them advertising again and paying commissions again and talking about inventory houses and maybe even putting a bonus on some of them if they close by the end of the month, then you know something is happening. And we're going to do more day two on this same topic as tomorrow. Julie's talking about working with builders. We did a really, it was very well received, one of our biggest downloaded podcasts so far this year on the 20 different hidden sources of homes for sale. I think Builders was like number 17. Definitely. Got to go back and listen to that podcast. If you're reading or you can find it on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify. I put a link actually directly to that um, past podcast you can go and, and, and consume. But also want to thank all of you who've given us five-star reviews on iTunes and on Spotify. The problem is, is that uh, a lot of times you guys didn't use your real names and we want to thank you by giving you a, a signed copy of our book. So if you gave us a review on iTunes and on Spotify, Julie and I would love to send you an, an autographed copy of our uh, best-selling book called Harris Rules. So please email uh, Tom, T-O-M, at timandjulieharris.com. Email Tom, T-O-M, at timandjulieharris.com. And our names are spelled out T-I-M-A-N-D-J-U-L-I-E-H-A-R-R-I-S.com. Um, because again, we were running a contest and our staff was voting on uh, who had, you know, basically agents who were writing us the best five-star reviews. And it turns out all of you did a great job. So we're looking forward to sending all of you an autographed signed book of our best-selling book, Harris Rules. And if you still want to participate, please do give us a five-star review with a pithy comment would always be great. Why specifically this podcast has been so impactful on your business and personal life. And you can post that ideally on iTunes. Spotify is great, but really the the uh, mothership for all podcasts is iTunes and it will be forever. So please do give us a five-star review and a pithy comment or two on uh, iTunes. We would certainly appreciate it. All right, this last point is about mindset. So go for it, Jules. That's right. And this is how we'll conclude as a reminder, be incredibly careful who you allow to influence you. Don't be your market knowledge on salacious headlines, social media, or on unqualified coaches, trainers, etc. Remember that 99.9% .9 of all active agents, including coaches and trainers, have only sold real estate in market conditions that did not require higher level skills. 
We're leaving the branding lead buying branding influencer fake expert trend behind. The new market will belong to the agents who have the skills to solve others' problems at the highest level. Skills cannot be faked. And I have to tell you, Tim, I'm from the coaches and from my own coaching calls, this is absolutely already happening. And one of the earliest trends that I've seen, and we're going through agent and broker trends to watch, I have my own list of coaching you know, things that I watch, is the level of excitement of experienced agents. Oh, it's yeah. absolutely through the roof. Definitely. I think that's an early, uh, early warning sign to people who are not skilled. Well, you and I have been doing this, frankly, for so long. We're, you know, top producing agents and we're now, you know, some people consider us the nation's, uh, you know, number one real estate coaches. And this is the daily, this podcast is list, is downloaded and listened to more than any other daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. And we've been doing it for so long. We've been in contact with millions of people. Yep. And it is absolutely true what you just said. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were feeling a little bit um, taken aback by the influx of all these, uh, all this influencer marketing that was being pushed upon agents. Yeah. In order for you to be successful in real estate, you have to become an influencer, make videos, all the rest of it. I see this stuff out there too, guys, so I know what you've been ingesting. And those of you who are experienced, you are wondering sometimes, well, why the hell am I not, you know, why is it that I'm having to, um, you know, do all this social media stuff? Because in my heart of hearts, I know at the end of the day, that why people choose me or they don't choose me. I know what it takes to get a house sold or, or what will cause the house not to ever sell or languish in the market. I know as an experienced agent what it takes to be more experienced. And yet you, some of you have sort of doubted yourselves because the whole world was awash with all this, all these you know influencer wannabes and all this social media stuff. And you rediscovered us in many cases and you frankly liked what we've had to say because we're reinforcing what you already know is intuitively true. I'm not worried about you guys. Because the fact is, is you know what we're saying is true. What causes me genuine fear, and Julie and I talk about this a lot, are all the agents that have only been in the business during this big mega trend of some of the things we rattled off. You guys don't know what we're telling you is true. And what is unfortunately going to happen, no matter how hard we try, is you're not going to take action fast enough on what we're saying, and you're unfortunately going to fail. And I have, we've seen this before. This is arguably Julie and I's fourth major market gyration, but we do believe this is going to be the the biggest of all of them. We do believe that what we're going to be experiencing going forward, and we've talked about this on this podcast, is going to, uh, is going to change uh, certainly the economy, but society on a whole going forward. And we do believe in the t- during the period of change, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to help people, a lot of opportunities to build skill sets so you can be of high level of dis- a service to people. But we also do believe that a lot of agents are not going to be ready to learn and be ready to listen to what we're saying. And as a result of that, they're going to suffer needlessly. So I know, Julie and I know, all of our coaches and our faculty and our staff know that we are really only going to be appealing to a handful of people who are really, by handful, it's tens of thousands, but still it's a handful considering there's, what, 1.6 or 7 million agents. But we know that for those of you who are listening to us and taking action on what we're saying, you're about to experience higher levels of success than you can maybe even emotionally grasp, honestly. I, I know. I had an interesting conversation last week many interesting conversations, but uh, with a couple of coaching clients about why they were trying to figure out as newer listing agents, like they've got their skills together and they're just now starting to see the benefits of building listing inventory, not just going from a listing to a listing to a listing in 24 hours or whatever. But, But we were talking about the incredible benefit to having 30 or 60 days on the market which seems really counterintuitive to almost all of our listeners because, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to talk to the seller for like, you know, three weekends in a row while their house hasn't sold. By the way, focusing on the wrong thing, if that's what you're focused on. By the way, we have a complete seller communication system that's included with Premier Coaching telling you exactly what you should be doing pretty much every single day while you have that listing active. So not only does the seller love you, uh, not only do you get the listing sold, uh, but they also are sending you referrals. I'm going to give you guys an old yeah. secret, but it's kind of funny. Um, the secret to being a successful listing agent, boy, I haven't said this dumb joke in forever. I know. The secret it's to painful. being a successful listing agent is having the listing when it sells. And that's going to be something that some of you who are listening to us now, you're feeling motivated, you're feeling excited, but you're going to then, as soon as you're done here, what are you going to do? You're going to rip out some TikTok video or some YouTube video, hoping and praying that somehow that's going to bring you business. Our message is going to be rattling around the back of your head. And what's going to happen, and this is what I was referring to a second ago, is a month from now, 
when that seller decides to cancel the listing with you and list with somebody else, then you're going to suffer. And we don't want you to do that. That is what we, we have. And I don't want to get um, dramatic, nor do I want to get emotional with some of the stories and some of the experiences that we had yeah. over the, especially the last major market downturn. The worst of, uh, you know, again, I don't want to talk about it, but we maybe we want a future podcast. The real problem is, is going to happen because people are ill-equipped to deal with change, change in their personal lives and their business lives. Both and agents and your clients. Right. And you're starting to see that. Julie and I see that uh, with coaching clients. We see that with, uh, you know, you'll see people that start to have not just financial problems, marital problems, health problems, psychological problems. You're going to see people start to manifest all kinds of horribleness in their lives. Why? Because they are so rattled because of the changes that are going to be happening in the economy. Because they're not being aware of the fact that there are changes happening. It is subconsciously, you're absorbing all this negative headlines. You're feeling under constant stress. You're not sleeping well. You're probably drinking. You know, you're not, all these things start to happen. And then all of a sudden, people who have relatively predictable, good, stable lives, they're now bringing into their lives all these things that are going to destroy all the things that they've created. We have seen that happen. And the reason it happens is because they're not being introspective about some of the points that Julie and I made. The primary one being filtering who you're listening to, what you're listening to. They're allowing their mindsets and their future potential to be taken over by people who have not your best interests in mind. And you've got to decide whether or not you're going to be going down that road. Uh, because again, we have seen the downside of humanity during times of change. And we have seen how quickly the wheels come off the wagon. That is starting to happen now 100%. So you have to make a decision. Do you want to be somebody who's going to make this become more successful than you've ever been because of this market? Are you going to be somebody who has, that's number one, or are you going to be somebody who just waits for the clouds to clear, hoping and praying that it goes back to the way it was? That's number two. Or are you going to be number three, somebody who just decides to check out? Emotionally, financially, you just get out. You're just done. Which one of those are you going to be in? Because you have to choose. You can't be in you know all three of those groups. You have to be in the, the people that are going to lead the way, the people that are going to procrastinate and, and hope and pray that things that return to normal, which eventually results in them either jumping into the first group or they fall to the, th the third group, which are the agents that just quickly fail. Which of the three groups are you going to be in? You have to decide. And one of the ways you know whether or not you're actually in alignment with being part of the first group is whether you're learning things that will people will put value on because those things that you're learning are going to help them solve problems. And I've got news for you. Most of what you've been told to do in your real estate business does not put you in that first category. It's going to make you double down on what you've been doing over the past 10 years. And it's going to keep you in that second category and it's going to cause you to fall. And I'll give you a really good example. After the last real estate crash, we started being inundated with people who had big teams and brokerages who wanted to know what the hell to do because their profit had gone away and they're basically going out of business. They knew what we were going to say. They had listened to our podcast. They had read our books. Some of them were even coaching clients. They were referrals from other people and just the rest of it. You guys got to go to Tim and Julie Harris's finishing school, right? You got to learn how to get your money right, learn how to get your business right. And then our coaching business took off. That is starting to happen now. Same cycle is happening because people procrastinate making changes. Do not procrastinate. You're going to have to make these changes anyway. It's inevitable. So please get ahead of it. Don't wait to, uh, for what we're telling you to prove out. Take action on this now. So this is part one. We're going to get to part two Your uh, tomorrow. Your homework is to join our Premier Coaching program. And we've made it super easy for you. You can join Premier Coaching for free. And all you've got to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. So guys, we'll pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. In the meantime, thank you sincerely for keeping this the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.